0: Please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future
1: performance. Today's episode is part of our financial resilience mission here at Rask Australia. Our mission at Rask is to help
0: build up the financial resilience of every Australian and Kiwi, and to do that, we need your help. The definition of resilience, according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, is the capability of a strained body to recover its size and shape after deformation caused especially by compressive stress, or an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change.
1: So how does that relate to financial resilience? Financial resilience is all about having the resources and tools that you need to overcome financial setbacks in your life. So what are we doing to achieve this mission?
0: We provide free financial education courses for all Australians at Education.
1: We're also calling on Aussies and Kiwis who have overcome financial challenges and want to inspire others on their journey.
0: If you've paid down 20k of debt, or maybe even more, or if you've come back from unemployment, dealt with domestic and financial abuse, even if you've made a million dollars, whatever your financial Everest was or is, we want to hear how you climbed it and how you overcame it. We're also producing high-quality financial news and information on our sites at RAS Media, Best ETFs and RAS Education.
1: We're running an online community that you can join for everyone to share their financial highs and lows with each other because we know how important it is to have a community when you're trying to improve your own personal finances.
0: We're hosting events, or we've hosted events, and we plan to host a lot more, as well as workshops that will help you build your financial skills and connections in the community.
1: And we're also employing individuals at RASC Australia who live by our values and are committed to improving the financial lives of others.
0: So what can you do to help us with this mission? The first thing you can do is volunteer to share your story of overcoming financial challenges and building financial resilience. You can do that and you can share your story with us by using a Google form. You'll see the link in the description for this episode that will take you to a Google form where you can share your details with us.
1: We'd also love if you encouraged your friends, family and colleagues to take one of our free financial courses at Rask Education, because that's a great way to help build financial resilience within your community.
0: And finally, please consider joining our Facebook group where you can learn from others, you can share your experiences or your opinion, and you can build connections with other Australians taking control of their financial futures. We'll put a link in the description.
1: So without further ado, here's today's fantastic listener story.
0: Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast.
1: Thanks, Owen. Good to be back.
0: Yeah, this is a very, very, very special episode because a listener with us, who we'll introduce in just a moment, and she's going to share her story with us.
1: Mm.
0: I think this has come about as a result of your initiative, and you're saying it'd be really good to get some engagement from people who are actually experiencing some of the things that we're talking about on the show. Mm. Being in debt, feeling the weight of, you know, just general financial pressure, and earning an income and so forth, and how you can make the most of what you've got. So maybe I'll do the intro. So Renee, thanks for taking the time out to join us on the show.
2: No worries, guys. My pleasure.
0: We're hoping that you can share your story with us. And then maybe as we go along, Kate and I will just maybe throw some questions over to you. Kate, maybe you can set the scene to throw it over to Renee.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's been about two years of us doing the podcast, just talking at you or interviewing really awesome guests, but now we have such an amazing community of listeners and I think it's high time that we actually talk directly to them. So Renee, I'd love if you could introduce yourself a little bit about your background, what you currently do, and then we'll dive into your story.
2: No problems at all. So, yeah, my name's Renee. Um, I'm actually from New Zealand originally. I moved to Perth, Western Australia six years ago. And, yeah, I live here now with my partner and our pets in a house that we built three years ago. And I work in the agricultural industry.
0: When you wrote into us, Renee, you said that, you know, you kind of grew up in a way where you, well, not grew up, but you had this job where um, you thought it wasn't going to meet your financial goals um, that you had before you were thirty, and maybe you can just start at the beginning then and just tell us a little bit about you know life before you moved over and then your financial journey as you told us previously.
2: Yeah, sure. So yeah, I was working in a management position in a vet practice, and I was earning around about forty five k a year, and for me, like. That's not really, I wouldn't call it a terrible salary to be on in your early 20s. But because I was already in the management position, there was like no room for me to you know, move up. And I had a goal to, you know, build a house. Oh, sorry, buy a house, I should say. And um, it was just kind of dawned on me that the only way I was going to be able to do that was if I found a partner. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, have to rely on just hoping that I, you know, meet somebody to be able to achieve that goal. And yeah, I had a bit of debt as well. Like I'd always relied on you know, loans and stuff to buy cars rather than saving for them, and yeah, my little sister was moving in Perth, and it just, I just thought, oh, I can just need to, you know, it's the old as the saying goes, if you don't change anything, nothing's going to change. Like if I just stayed where I was, I, like I wasn't going to be able to achieve those goals within the time frame that I wanted to achieve them. So yeah, I just kind of bit the bullet and yeah, moved across.
0: Was it hard for you to move?
2: Yeah, it was. Um, like, I'm from a pretty small town, and I have a big family. Like, I've got seven brothers and sisters, and a really big group of friends who I'm like really close with. So that was definitely a tough decision, but yeah you've just got to sometimes you have to put yourself first because obviously I thought a lot about my parents but um yeah you just have to do what's right for yourself sometimes and you know I was really fortunate that like my little sister actually helped me move over like I started umming and ahhing a little bit and she's like I'm just gonna buy your ticket for you (laughs) um so that kind of like you know made pushed me that gave me that little last push I needed to to come over Hmm.
1: And was it once you came to Australia that you decided you wanted to change your financial situation and get out of debt?
2: Yeah probably a couple of years in though like it yeah it definitely wasn't like an instant thing like as soon as I moved like it took me about a month to find a job and um, I had like a little bit of money left in the bank but I just kind of spent it all like you know, going to music festivals and stuff over summer and as a way to celebrate getting a job and yeah, I, I did start paying off some debt, like I paid off my little sister and like I'd borrowed money from her to move across and I started paying that off straight away and I paid my um, student loan off kind of I think within the first 18 months over after moving across because yeah, my wage did Change um, significantly to what I was used to, so I did try and make sure I used some of that money to, you know, put it to use to start achieving some of those goals. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it was an instant thing.
0: (laughs) Can you tell us um, if you're happy? You don't have to say how much you know debt or cash you came across to Australia with, but maybe just for a bit of context for listeners who are hearing your story. Was you, would you say when you came across to Australia, because that's a pretty big life event,
2: right? Mm, definitely.
0: Would you say that your financial position was pretty rock solid or was it pretty shaky?
2: Oh, it was shaky, definitely. Like I think I moved across, I think I think I had about two grand in the bank and I had between somewhere between 20 and 25 grand's worth of debt between like a personal loan and a um, my, my student loan and like a bit of money that I owed um, my little sister so, yeah, like definitely when you kind of, you know, balance that out, it's definitely not looking great. <laughs> but for me, like. How you feel about that at
0: the time?
2: I was definitely a little bit anxious. But what I was just going to say was for me, like, I'd never been a saver. So for me, having two grand in the bank when I moved, I didn't, that didn't actually worry me at the time. And now looking back, like, with what I've achieved since then, I'm just like, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> so, yeah, it definitely, like, it definitely wasn't a good feeling. Like I knew I had to do something about it. So yeah, I'm very grateful that I found the job that I found because I'm still in that job today. And I've, yeah, now I'm, Proud to say that I make over a hundred thousand dollars a year. Like I've really worked hard to yeah. um, get to get to that point, and so I've yeah pretty much doubled my income since moving. And I don't want that to sound arrogant, but I just that just goes to give some context as well. You know, from where I started to where I am now, and you know even though I didn't have any qualifications or or anything in the industry that I've moved into, like if you really do just kind of work hard and apply yourself, you can, you know, you can, you know, set yourself up for a decent career without having to, you know, I just, for me, I feel like some people think that if you don't have a university degree that, you you know, you're stuffed or, uh, you know, but that's not necessarily the case. You can really do things without having gone to university or anything like that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we often get questions from listeners about strategies to pay off debt. And I think one of the methods we talk about is the snowball method of Mm. paying off the smallest one first. What was the approach you used to paying off your debt and how did you deal with that?
2: Yeah, so I'll just a little I'll just say a little bit about the year um, that we started really paying off our debt if that's okay. So we actually um, started my I met my partner not long after moving over here and he didn't have any debt or anything when we met, so he was a Better, a bit better with money than I am, or I was, I should say. And yeah, we started. We got a, a car loan, um, regrettably, <laughs> regrettably, in about 2016, I think it was. And then, early 2017, we started the process to build a house. And to be honest, we didn't really prepare like we should have. So we were building and paying rent, and so that was a bit of a strain. And so when it came to time to, you know, start fitting out the house with furniture and other bits and pieces and stuff that we needed. We relied on, you know, Harvey Norman deals and that kind of thing to get that stuff rather than saving for it. And we also kind of maxed out an $8,000 credit card because we had some, like, plans organized with family to come over and visit us. And instead of saying, I'm sorry, like we're not really in the financial position to do that because going going out and tourist activities and all that kind of thing, it costs, like it does cost money. And so we had two trips booked and I just couldn't bring myself to, or people had trips arranged, I should say, and I just couldn't bring myself to say, no, like we can't do it. So we maxed out a credit card of $8,000. And so by the end of 2018, It's funny, like I wouldn't say I felt particularly anxious about our position because we always just like had this, we've got this mindset that if everybody uses credit cards and it's okay and, you know, we've got a house now, like we're in a good position and we, I read the Barefoot Investor at the November 2018 and it has those, it has a step in there where you, you know, add up all your debts and yeah. It so was scary because we were like it was 48,000, dollars so almost 50 grand. And I was just like, Oh my goodness! Like, <laughs> and we just did not even think that we owed that much money. So, just between like the credit card and like the Harvey Norman, like higher purchases. Um, so yeah, we did do the snowball method. So, we just I think our Harvey Norman one was our smallest one. Um, so we just got rid of that first, and then we started chipping away at the credit card and then the Unfortunately, at that, a bit, sorry, a couple of months before that, we walked into a car yard to get a new car because we got rid of our old car um, because it was becoming a bit unreliable, and we walked out of the car yard with a thirty-two thousand dollar car loan and we just felt so sick <laughs> usually when you, you know we kind of fell victim to the car salesman tactics and usually when you get a new car like you felt you feel excited about it and we were just like we can't believe we've done this so yeah when we added up like how much we owed in total it was definitely confronting but that snowball method is yeah what we um use to start chipping away at that debt because it definitely gives you that feeling of achievement when you get to cross you know cross them off the list
0: I think it was, like, why Why did it take you to reading the book, the Barefoot book, to do something? Was it confidence in your knowledge or...?
2: Um, I think probably, yeah, probably, and I think just head in the sand, yeah. And just, you know, a lot of it does go back to how you kind of, or well, I feel anyway, how you grew up. Like, in my family, we didn't really talk about money a lot and Corey's My partner, Corey, his family is much the same. Um, And, you know, I did know that some of my family, like my mum, for example, like always use car loans and that kind of thing. You just kind of think it's normal and you just, yeah, you hear about everybody having credit cards and stuff and you just kind of think that that's what people do, and but then when I, I just started thinking a bit more, you know, the older you get, a bit more about our future and things that we wanted to achieve, and um, you know, like I, we would like to pay our mortgage off earlier than the thirty-year <laughs> mortgage that we've got, and I just kind of realised that where we were heading we weren't going to be able to achieve those goals so but yeah reading the Barefoot Investor and starting to listen to podcasts and stuff was definitely a um, big eye-opener for me Um, and one thing that I had never thought about was like investing Um, I just thought that's what people with you know huge huge salaries did um, because they had the money to do it and yeah and
1: I think the Barefoot investors is a starting point for so many Australians.
2: Mm, and definitely.
1: Yeah. And I was just wondering, on the paying off debt side of things, was there any sacrifices you and your partner had to make over those few years while you did it?
2: Yeah, so we got it paid off by um, July this year. So it was around about just over 18 months that it took to get that paid off. And we did make some sacrifices because um, we, we had two cars at the, t- um, at the time. So early 2019, we had a, a four-wheel drive Ford Ranger um, that we owned outright and we decided to sell that. Um because my partner and I do actually work together. So we do have the luxury of traveling to and from work together. Um, and while it is a pain sometimes, it was like, we, you know, this would definitely help us to achieve our goals. So we did that. And, yeah, just definitely just knuckling down a bit on our discretionary spending and tracking, like, yeah, keeping track of what we were spending. But the other side of the coin with that, I think, is you definitely can't just, sacrifice everything you know for us we still went on a holiday to Melbourne la- middle of last year and I went to New Zealand for Christmas and New Year because I feel like in in hindsight with what's happened with travel and restrictions and everything I'm so glad that I did that because I just think we you know you do work hard and you do still have to enjoy life um, you know there definitely has to be a balance like yes you can work you know all week and put everything you can towards paying off your debt but you've still got to do things that make you enjoy life and you know cause at the end of the day that's what you know we're all doing it for really.
0: Did you have to make any sacrifices or did you have to change the way or did your relationships change with people you know on a personal level, family, friends, what you were trying to achieve you know to pay down the debt, did that take its toll on any relationships or how did you manage that? Um,
2: not so much on relationships I don't think because for us you know spending time with people is something that we do value so you know that it was more our discretionary spending like you know just buying things that we didn't need and spending too much money on takeaways and stuff it's the kind of thing that we wanted to reduce because you know if friends invited us out for a meal or whatever we would try our best to say yes sometimes things would pop up when we did have to say no but to be honest we I don't think our relationships were affected too much because we were honest about it we weren't just trying to make it look like we we're avoiding people or avoiding the situation but we were honest and just said look like we don't have the money to do this and that this this week and I think that's important and it does kind of open up the conversation as well about you know your goals and finances and that kind of thing because it does I don't know why but it just sometimes it does feel Like a taboo to talk about your financial situation with people, but we really try just to just to be honest and let people know what we're trying to achieve. And yeah,
0: did any of your friends or did anyone say anything, maybe that you thought was unfair or almost mocked you or made fun of you in in trying to save money? Maybe this is more of a male thing, but sometimes yeah, men are put off by that you know that feedback that they
1: get.
2: Yeah, I I can't think of a particular like incident but yeah I think it's funny that you say like with me and I think definitely my partner noticed it a bit like just you know if yeah when we're in a group of people sometimes like little digs if he wasn't wanting to spend money on certain things and like didn't want to gamble and that kind of thing sometimes that would yeah things Mm. like that did pop up but yeah for me personally not so much but yeah I think my partner did notice that a little bit
1: So it's good to hear that you found some sort of balance while paying off this debt. And I remember reading that you've actually made your first investment as well, which is Mm. really exciting.
2: Yeah, yeah, we have. So yeah, we just started a little bit of ETF investing. Um, And yeah, listening to your guys' podcast, I just feel like I've learned so much. Like even when I first met, I um, read the Barefoot Investor and stuff. Like, I was just like, that all sounds amazing, but I just wouldn't even know where mm-hmm. to start. I just don't know enough. And yeah, I've just been educating myself. And yeah, it's exciting. You know, like, I feel like we've got actually got a plan for our future now. So we've started a little bit of ETF investing and we are also putting some money aside for an investment property because it is something that both of us have wanted to do. So yeah, we're trying to do. Both. Yeah.
0: Do you, just, uh, you don't have to get the numbers, but do you just split your money? You know, some money goes to investing in like the stock market or ETFs, and some goes yep. to the property fund that you're building up. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So when I get when we get paid, um, our money kind of goes into four accounts. So, like a spending account and expenses, so things that we need, you know, house bills and food and that kind of thing. And then we have a Yeah, so then we've got actually five accounts because then we've got kind of a short-term savings account, which is just things like holidays and, you know, home improvements and stuff because it just is (laughs) never-ending. And then, yeah, an account for stock market investing and an account for, um, which just sits as an offset of our mortgage at the moment, but, yeah, an account for the investment property.
0: Do you guys talk about that regularly? Do you schedule time to talk or is it just kind of like, you know, what are we doing or what are we investing in or... A bit more free
2: Yeah, we do talk about it. Like my parts, I think sometimes we do need to talk about it more. Because my partner's just kind of happy for me just <laughs> like do it all. He's very yeah. Um, but he, he is learning more. Like he listens to some of the podcasts with me in the car. And because we travel to and from work together, that's when we've kind of had these conversations this is in the car. So yeah, we'll talk about what we're investing in and just like um we get paid fortnightly. So just you know what we're wanting to You know, if there's anything coming up that we need to, you know, not save for, but, you know, just to be aware that we've got coming up so that we can make sure we don't, you know, overspend in other areas and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we definitely try and keep an open, yeah, have an open conversation about everything. And I feel like we're pretty, I'm pretty lucky because we are on the same page with what we want to achieve. Like, yeah, I think it did take a little while, probably six months for him to kind of get fully on board. But yeah, we got there in the end.
1: (laughs) Great. That's really amazing to hear that you're having those open conversations. Did that start after reading The Barefoot Investor and having those date nights?
2: Yeah. So we we've always kind of, I guess you could say, shared money. So Mm. for me, for us, I know that not everybody would agree with this, but that's what for us that's really important is that everything like what we both earn is just both of our money, and I think in a partnership that's important and. I, once again, I don't want to sound arrogant here, but I, in our relationship, I do earn more money, and I don't feel like that entitles me to anything extra because you know we're trying to build a life together. Mm. um So, yeah, we just share our money. So we've always been pretty open and with each other about where what we're spending our money on. Like, there's never been any like our accounts have been shared for quite a while now, so there's never been any you know secrets or anything like that. And I think that's really really important. So, yeah.
0: I think that's important too, right? Mm. It helps. That's our point of being in a relationship, in my opinion, is that it mm, helps I you agree. to leverage the strengths of someone else if they earn a bit more, then that means that you maybe can do something else. I don't know. I just think mm. like my partner and I have shit. share our money since it's day one, really. Yeah. Uh, got a few questions here before we kind of um, wrap things up, which are yeah, kind sure. of um, a bit more kind of um, point in time mm-hmm. orientated. So how mm. would you say you felt before all of this, you know, going on and like your relationship like with, the, with your money, how did that make you feel mm. poor versus where you are today?
2: Yeah, for want of a better term, definitely just kind of a head in the sand. To be honest, I just didn't really think about it as much as I do now and I just, I think it was a lack of education, you know, if that makes sense. Like I just didn't know How to approach setting ourselves up for the future. So we just kind of, you know, instant gratification. We just, you know, spent without really thinking about things too much. Whereas now I just definitely feel like empowered and actually feel quite positive about the direction that we're heading um, in terms of, you know, our future. And yeah, so we're in our late 20s, so we've still got a while to go before retirement. But I think that, you know, by then we're actually um, setting ourselves up for, yeah to actually be able to retire comfortably and even though it sounds very boring I think that's actually something really important because it's scary how many people kind of get there or get close to it and they're like you know wow like we haven't really (laughs) thought much about it or done much about it and I just don't want to be in that position so yeah.
1: Now one of the other questions we wanted to ask was how would you rate your confidence and knowledge with your finances before versus after going through all this?
2: Yeah, so out of a 10, so I'd probably yeah, sure. say back then, back then, honestly, probably like a three, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, you know, it's not like we didn't have money for, you know, bills and food and that kind of thing. We always had money for that, but just relying on debt and just not not even understanding compound interests like that i yeah, so definitely, but at the time I wouldn't have given myself that rating. You know, I thought I was better, but now knowing what I know now, definitely a 3 back then. And now probably I'm different, we're still definitely not perfect. You know, nobody's, you know, perfect, but um I'd probably give us about an 8, maybe. Yeah, still room for improvement, you know. We're still definitely guilty of spending a little bit too much on uber eats sometimes or you know going out and buying one too many cocktails or some friends or something like that but and i think that's important too is that you don't beat yourself up too much about it because these things happen and you've still got to you know enjoy life and um yeah just don't be too hard on yourself if you do have you know slip ups when you're trying to pay off your debt
0: um, that's a really good lesson for everyone you know we try and when we talk about it here on the show, we try and talk about people having kind of like fail If Things don't go right. It's yeah. okay because you do have something to catch you. But how about then if you could, you know, there are tens of thousands of people that listen to this right It's a very brave thing you're doing. Oh, God. It. <laughs> I never thought
2: think it was that many. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: you never, know, you never know. Maybe someone, I always say someone, you never know, maybe someone else gets inspiration from this and thinks this is great. Yeah. I, I loved her story. It really, you know, it resonates with me. What's the one thing that you would say to someone who is, like, kind of does have their head in the sand right now? What would you mm. say to them? What would you, any advice you'd have for them?
2: Yeah, I would definitely say... Get, get an understanding of your position um, and get an understanding of what you're actually spending your money on because I think that we kind of didn't we weren't really tracking what we were spending and like I said we just didn't even realise how much how much debt in total we were actually in so I think that can, even though it can be confronting, I think that's a really good starting point is just to actually gauge your position and and yeah, just, just even if it's baby steps, just start looking at little ways where you can you know start putting a bit more towards paying off your debt you know don't think that you're gonna you know everything's gonna change overnight I think you've got to kind of approach these things gradually because otherwise it can become overwhelming and like I said earlier you've still got to allow yourself some money to do the things that you enjoy and that you value you know even though you might be able to pay off all your debt and you know, 12 months or something, that might not be the best for you, you know, mentally and, you know, just life-wise. So I think that's really important is not to be too hard on yourself and, yeah.
0: Cool. Do you have any other questions for Renee?
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of takeaways. Maybe what are your, like, top resources? I know you've mentioned the Barefoot Investor, but for someone that's trying to get their finances in order and sort of get an understanding of the basics?
2: Um, to be honest, yeah, The Barefoot Investor was definitely a really, really good one um, and they have like a, there's an ebook as well. So I found that really helpful for my partner because he doesn't read. Um, but to be honest, this podcast is, has been really, really helpful for me. Um, even though we're kind of already in the debt paying off phase when we started listening to it, I feel like for the next, for us, for the next steps, like the investing and that kind of thing and because at the end of the day, once you've paid off your debt, you kind of need to have an action plan in place so that you don't just kind of go backwards again. Like you're going to have a bit more more money available. So you've got to kind of put that to use for your future. So yeah, this podcast has been really, really helpful. And yeah, I don't know. I just, groups on Facebook I found helpful. Just, yeah. There's definitely so many resources out there. Sometimes I've found it can be a bit overwhelming. So I actually had to I feel like you do have to limit it to a point because otherwise it can it can be a lot. So I've just picked a couple, like yeah, the barefoot investor in this podcast that I've found have been really, really helpful.
0: Wonderful. Well, we're so glad that you've joined us today. But like I said, it's very brave thing to so come on and share your story. But so many people, Renee, are gonna get confidence from hearing you talk about this. Maybe Maybe in a year from today we can touch base yes. again and you can share your latest wisdom and strategies with us. But um, on behalf of Kate and I and
2: everyone that listens, thanks for taking the time out. Yeah, no, that sounds like a great idea. No worries. It was my pleasure. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for bringing me on.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians.
0: guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au.